You're listening to the Discovery COVID-19 podcast. Our expert guests help you to understand coronavirus disease 2019 and how you can manage your health, well-being and financial security during this time. Hi, I'm Dr. Nompumele Londaba. I'm an occupational medicine specialist at the National Institute for Occupational Health. Today we are discussing bringing household employees safely back into home and ensuring the health of all members of the household in the time of COVID-19. Dr. Ndaba, should employers have reservations about allowing employees to come back? Employers should not have any reservations. They should not be nervous, except that they should be extra careful as we all are in every workplace. But employers should remember that we are in this together. The Occupational Health and Safety Act uh, reminds us the employer has a duty to inform. The better way of dealing with this is sharing the information and trying to provide information and activities on the tasks that are considered high risk in this particular instance for COVID-19 transmission in the workplace or the household. So an indirect implication is that there has to be a discussion between the employer and the worker or on which areas need to be attended to, how can the risk be mitigated, and then go through those together. But an important part even before that is both the employer and the employee should have better understanding of what COVID is, and that should be shared, what to look for and why whatever measures are put in place. So how can an employer assess the household employee's understanding of COVID-19 before the employee returns to the household? The employer, it's very important that the employer um, helps the employee who's um, who's away to understand, you know, the symptoms. Firstly, as part of keeping in contact, they could maybe be talking over the phone to reassure that we have this situation, we are still making changes, or you could come back on this time and so forth. Especially during the, you know, the lockdown, some people were away. So the employer, it would be courteous for the employer to even advise the employee of what should happen. But when the employee has to come back, the employer can reassure the the employee of what to look out for, which symptoms to check out for. And for example, a cough, um, maybe shortness of breath and other symptoms, you know, to specifically look out for. If you have those, you don't have to worry to come back. It's better that you start at the clinic so that you have those checked. For your household, for your contact, and for also ours. What are the preventive measures that should be in place in every household to protect everyone in the household? So the new normal that we're dealing with, the new way that we relate to each other in the household. The the new scenario is trying to change our practices. The first thing would be frequent hand washing. They should be freely available flowing water, so frequent hand washing and the soap, that must be at home. But in instances where um, where possible, you can use a sanitizer that has some alcohol in it so that you are sure that you're using the correct thing. But in the household now, again, in terms of if somebody stays within the household, it's slightly different than somebody who leaves the household every day with regards to the mask. But everyone, as they leave the household, they should be wearing their mask. But this should be communicated within the household as well. The distancing as you come in before you touch anything, better that you sanitize or better wash your hands. 
also as you come in to change maybe or have an overall on top that you're going to be using to work ventilation is very important you should make sure that there is cross ventilation that is if there is a window on the other side there should be another window of free flow of air as part of ventilation in the household so some of the practices that we've known need to be heightened around this time and should there be screening of employees' temperatures in the morning, as is happening in many other places of work, and monitoring of symptoms as they come into the household? Most workplaces have means of screening employees as they come in. But in the domestic or home setting, it might not be feasible. So what would be easier, the aim of the temperature monitoring that is done in workplaces is actually a, a modified or a shortened version of actually checking for symptoms. So in a workplace scenario, I would advocate for more symptom monitoring. So just to check about do we have this, do we have that, and then where possible then if somebody has reported that they've had a fever and if they don't know, then you could implement that. But temperature alone might not be sufficient. It is also much more um, useful to get a sense of the other symptoms because some people might not show the temperature and so forth. And if there's no temperature, you still need to go and ask if you used anything that could be suppressing the temperature like a panado or so. Mm-hmm. So I would advocate that maybe rather resort to symptom monitoring, the common symptoms that are associated with, with COVID. The symptoms we talk about are the cough, uh, it could be a dry cough, it could be a productive cough, the fever. So the fever in this instance might be what somebody else checks. Maybe somebody might feel that you are feverish, you are warm, or you could have felt yourself, or you report that I had a fever maybe yesterday or this morning, and shortness of breath, or some feeling of you know the chest tightness, or feeling like you have difficulty in breathing. It's usually the same symptoms they would normally have if you have a big flu or a serious flu, as we call it. But also all the other signs associated with um, with a common cold. For example, earlier on, people were talking about even a running nose and so forth. So it's important that we even take this of note, even though running nose and them are not part of the common, the very common symptoms, but anything around the respiratory symptoms, that is symptoms associated with our breathing then they should be noted. Absolutely. And this brings to mind that there must, of course, be a very good relationship between the household employee and their employer so that there is no fear of reporting symptoms and perhaps losing out on an opportunity to work or to be paid. Yes. Um, it's easier if um, the employer, upfront, you start this conversation and you develop a platform whereby it's a norm that every morning when you're coming in, we talk about this, you have this, you have that. That also develops a sense of trust. And also the employer, it's also easier or it's advised that they say upfront, should you have this, what is going to happen to you so that there's no fear of losing your job or be asked to be evicted should you be found to have this. But it's easier to say, as we spoke about this, it's better that you go attend to your healthcare provider also. The discussion between the employer and the employee should actually include all those issues, but also to say it's not only upon you, but also the employer has a responsibility to protect people within the household. But also we, also, we also need to be sure that whenever your symptoms start, we need to show ourselves up 
to the health facilities or the health officials as part of contact and contact tracing. So it's very important that we know when the symptoms started because that also helps in terms of management, how long should we expect what. So the same responsibility, yes, is on the employer to even protect their own household and also their employees. Can you give us a sense of how the preventive measures might differ in the case of a household employee who lives with the employer and a household employee who comes and goes from their own place? The household employee who lives with an employer, um, as time goes on, becomes part of the family somehow. They might be maybe within the same household. So with regard to, for example, the use of masks, okay, let me start with the other practices. The hand washing, the frequency should be the same. The common identification of commonly touched areas, they will know better. And the frequency of cleaning of these areas should be actually, you know, more than before, but it should be, you know, done, you know, in, in, a, in a vigilant manner. But then in terms of the mask, there might not be a need for the mask when, when they're inside the household, especially if they all stay together. However, if there's anyone who's sick and maybe vulnerable people, like the elderly, the very sick people, uh, it would be advisable that they also wear the mask. And when they perform other procedures, for example, tending to, you know, attending to the sick people, maybe helping the children with bathroom, using bathrooms and so forth, it's always better that they have something that they use in terms of the protection. It could be the gloves, it could be even cleaning those areas like the bathrooms and so forth. But somebody who stays outside, that also the conversation needs to be very clear that it's not only about this household or any household. The practices that continue, that we've introduced in the house, should also continue and COVID is equally infectious in the retail centers, in the shops as you go there. So when you come back, you will have gone to a different environment. It's advisable that as you leave this household, whether you're going home and so forth, using a taxi or not, but it's good that you must have a mask that you use. It would also be good and preferable that the employer tries to assist with the employee with that um, the cloth mask you know, as they go home as part of protection, but also something that can, they can use in the morning when they come back. Mm. So they have to come in the mask because they are like somebody who's new to the house every day coming from outside. So as they come in, there will be symptoms, you know, going through those symptoms screening that we mentioned. But also as they come in, it's like, again, there's a visitor. The same thing that should happen to any visitors coming to the home. Make sure that we, we, we try and sanitize the hands before you touch anything. Make sure that you've used the sanitizer, you, you, you identify the areas, but also you don't just rush to touch people and so forth. But the important thing is, you know, the contact that we have had. You know, ordinarily, when people come back, you want to hug, you want to shake hands. That should be avoided because you coming from outside, that should not be done. What should happen if a household employee does develop any potential symptoms of COVID-19? What are the immediate steps that the employee and the employer should take? So if a household employee develops um, symptoms of COVID-19, if they're within the household, they should immediately alert um, the person in the, in, in the house, the employer. And at that time, the employer can even double check, do you have this, do you have that? How long have you had that? And then also can find out um, where is your nearest, um, let's say, clinic that you go to or service provider, 
if it's going to be a challenge to get there, then the employer could advise that the person would rather, as soon as possible, try and consult with their employer. And then as they do that, maybe release them from work as well. And then after the person maybe has left um, the area, then the employer has to be sure that they sort of clean the areas where the um, employee was and reassure them that they can go home. And when whatever the test outcome is, they should be free to discuss with the employer and they should be managed to be in the hands of the attending health provider in terms of how long they stay and so forth. Mm -hmm. But if it's somebody who does not stay in the house, let's say they call in and indicate that they have symptoms Rather than asking them to come to the house for the employer to see the symptoms or for them to report, they should be informed that it's better that you don't come over because you might be using public transport and being in touch with a lot of people. It's better that they rather go straight to the clinic or attending healthcare facility. Do you know what would happen once a household employee reaches a healthcare facility? What can they expect to experience there? At this day and age, most healthcare facilities have a screening method. So whether you are coming with a stomach ache or, or whatever, the first question they will ask you is to try and screen for COVID. So they will ask the same screening questions for COVID. Are you coughing? Do you have fever? And so forth. And once you have indicated that you have any of these um, um, COVID-related um, symptoms, then you will, they will advise that uh, you be put separately and then maybe on a separate area or a designated COVID area and then they will take history from you, who were you in contact with, what were you doing, are you at work and so forth and then after that they'll be able to prepare that you are checked and also you also do the swap accordingly. So there's going to be completion of forms, you should be ready to share your, 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 your numbers, addresses or contact details of the people that you're in contact with. They will ask you who you stay with at the home. So if in this instance you're a domestic worker, it could be your home where you stay in or the home or the employer's um, home. So it's very important that you consider both areas because they will ask you specifically when last I, were you in touch with this person and the addresses of the household. In the event that a household employee has contracted COVID-19, how long would they be required to stay away from work and how would they know when it's safe to return? So currently, um, the recommended practice is they'd go to the hospital and then the hospital decides if you're sick enough to be hospitalized or to be admitted in the hospital or you you can go back home to wait for the results, then that would be while that, that would be more quarantine because you probably don't have any results, but maybe if you have symptoms and so forth, until the health facility informs you of the outcome of your results. So if the results are negative, then you can inform your employer and they will tell you how long to go back to work. But if the results are positive, then the recommendation is that you should stay at home until such time. We normally give a 14-day figure, which is from the first time of having developed the symptoms, let's say you were coughing, from the first day that you were coughing, you count that day as day one. Up to at least, you must be up to maybe day 10 or so. And then for you to go back to work, let's say your symptoms finish, uh, you, you last see symptoms today or the symptoms resolve 
as of today. That would be the day of re symptom resolution. You can go back to work three days from the day of resolution of symptoms. So together, you see, it's plus minus 13 days, what I've mentioned. Mm -hmm. It should not be anything less than 10 days from the day of first resolution of symptoms. But when the symptoms resolve, then it should be three days from that time. So that's why there's an average of 14 days, uh, plus minus 14 days before you go back to work if you are positive. And this is if you were not hospitalized, if you did not get admitted or go to ICU. And if you were admitted and hospitalized, how then do the dynamics change? So if you are admitted and hospitalized, then the counting is from the day you were discharged or the symptoms were better. So we normally count seven days from then. It's only then that you can go back to work. So you might, or the last day that you had symptoms, um, or the last day that you, you had no symptoms while we're not using medication, it's normally seven days from that time. Hmm. So yes, it might be a long time because it depends how long you're hospitalized for. But for the sake of making sure that the workplace where you're going to is safe, then that's the time that is given. Would you say that it's reasonable for a household employer to ask the employee to provide a medical record or a letter from a doctor to indicate that it's safe to return to work? Sometimes it's, it's human nature for the employer to ask from the employee whether, you know, whether the doctor said it's safe or not safe. But I think it's enough for the employer if maybe they get evidence that the person did attend the health facility. But... Um, some employer, some, some medical facilities might not be able to provide that, but it's good that maybe the employer can advise the employee earlier to say, please, as you're at the hospital, you can ask them to give something that says you were at the hospital also. How should childminders, both those who live in with an employer and those that come and go, act to minimize the spread of COVID-19 to children, whether those children are healthy or at risk of severe illness if they contract COVID-19. Are there particular considerations around children? Childminders who look after children. It's, it's um, the standard um, COVID-19 prevention practices. However, they also need to be you know, much more vigilant because now remember the medium of contact. So whether they stay in or stay out, the use of some protective clothing over and above, you know, as overall over there, whatever they would be wearing as they travel from outside is very important. But also the use of the mask as they come into the house is also very important. Handling the children's sort of, um, you know, bathroom use and all of that is also important. Now themselves to protect themselves in terms of using protective equipment, uh, protective um, clothing, is also very important. But also there should be, you know, an enhanced sense of awareness of what they could be bringing into the household for the children. And because children hold on to a number of places, it's very important that there's frequent, you know, hand washing and frequent sanitizing, much more frequent than you would have done before. Mm. What happens where a household employee is caring for a member of the household who is perhaps older or generally at high risk for severe illness as a result of COVID-19. Possibly they, they have comorbidities, etc. The, the worker who's looking after a household member with severe, with high risk uh, of, of, you know, of the outcome from their COVID-19 based of their, on their comorbidities. It, this goes back to the issue of 
the education or the information that we need to share with the with the employees in terms of what will make it uh, high risk, what is low risk. And then we can make an example of in this house, we have an elderly, we have somebody who's got comorbidities, so this would be their outcome should they get COVID. So it's very important that we are much more vigilant. So the issue of their facilities that they use, they have to ensure that they use well-ventilated facilities. As they come closer to that person, they need to be sure that at least they try to be not closer than two meters to the person. There has to be clear ventilation. There has to be much more frequent hand sanitizing when coming into the room where the person is kept. And ideally, where possible, they should try and use their own facilities. For example, it should be a room that is connected to a bathroom. If not, you know, their access to those facilities should be clearly sort of checked and the areas where they touch a lot should also be, should be checked. So it's very important that the, the worker also knows that there's somebody in the household who's at risk of um, worse outcome should they co- contact COVID-19. And Dr. Ndaba, the same goes for a high-risk employee. What is the scenario where a household employee is possibly a person who is elderly or at high risk of severe illness as a result of COVID-19, should they return to work at this time and carry out particular preventive measures? What's your take on that? Workers with high uh, with, with comorbidities who would have a number of comorbidities or who would be seen as high risk, the best would be the employer could talk to them about the, how controlled their conditions are. It would be ideal to get an input or insight from their attending doctor of how best or how well controlled their conditions are. And it would be better if maybe they rather opt for optimizing their conditions, ensure that you have adequate treatment with you and so forth so that there's no default. And once you know you are, they, they are well controlled, then we can look at how we could, uh, you know, which activities in the house could pose lesser um, risk to them. But also if we adhere to the same COVID-19 precautions and then also add in terms of what should you watch out for. And also it is going to be very important to look at the going through the symptoms much more frequently, keep on checking and keep on ascertaining and even advise them that it's important that we are much more vigilant on symptom monitoring because, you know, you also have a high risk so we cannot be you know, slack. There's a high risk that we should be vigilant and check early should these symptoms uh, show up. Hmm. Dr. Ndaba, tell us about your own home. How are you dealing with your own household employees and interacting with them at this time? In my household, um, how I'm dealing with my household employee at this time, maybe the first thing I need to declare is that my household employee is a stay is stay in. So they've been with us throughout this time. And it's unfortunate that um, my children, when when the school stopped, um, you know, the schools closed, at the time the employee could not be released. And she also opted to stay because the kids were still at school and I was coming to work. So they have not left throughout this time. They chose not to leave, even with the upliftment of the different levels. But as soon as, because the children get taught these um we taught about COVID-19 at school. They started coming back and and sharing with the um, you know, with with the employee in the household what is happening. So I had no choice. I had to actually continue there 
as part of teaching them, but also bring in, you know, the, our household employee in terms of what we do, what is this COVID, what should we watch out for, and so forth. And um, and when the time came that we had to, actually my employee was very even scared of going to the shops, you know, after they were so terrified of the COVID, they didn't even want to go to the shops. I think from the time of lockdown to now, uh, my employee has only gone out once to the shops, only I think on the 1st of May or 2nd of May. But because they had to do something at the bank and so mm. forth. But uh, by that time, I already had a, already bought the mask, uh, the, um, the surgical mask from a shop, and then I offered her, and that that was it. And she's been at home since then. Mm. But every day we talk about this, we talk about the symptoms, we talk about this, and you know, even on TV, what they watch during the day, she verifies with me and so forth. Mm. Sure. And by the way, I'm an essential worker. I've been coming to work every day. So I get to be the one who gets asked every day, you know, about symptoms, what are you bringing to the home and so forth. <laughs> I think that's only fair. <laughs> um, in closing, in your opinion, should household employers feel at peace and reassured that with the right precautions and protocols in place, it's absolutely safe to allow household employees to come back into the home, their place of work, as our alert levels ease and lockdown eases in the coming weeks and months? Household um, employers, yes, they should feel at peace and reassured. It is safe to allow their household employees to come back and to come and work. Um, you know, but it's also important that they should be ready to discuss what should happen moving forward, how bold they are going to be protecting each other and the household you know, from, you know, further risk. And because if, if, if you think of in general occupational health terms, you know, it, 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 when people are away from work for a long time, when they come back, you need to reintroduce them and reaffirm any new practices that should be done. So, yes, employers should feel at peace and, and reassured that it is safe, provided they put in means in place. And also employees, are actually looking forward to hear as they come back what will have changed. So it's a two-way thing. Thank you so much, Dr. Ndaba, for explaining all of these dynamics to us. I'm sure many people will find this information reassuring and very useful and clarifying questions that we all have at this time. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Discovery. Stay informed, stay healthy.